0: Gentlemen, welcome back to our Woody Allen retrospective right here on PlanetTyrell I am your host Donald Wonder, and I'm joined once again by my lovely co-host, the one, the only Simon Rad.
1: Glad to be back, and uh, it's a historic review today. Where is the end of an era?
0: <laughs> Literally, you know. I thought you was gonna make a fun. You were, you were kind of making a pun. You've been doing that recently, and I like them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't trying to be much of a punster, but, but. Just being literal. I mean, what can I say? That's the that's what this movie is best known for. For being an end of a Woody Allen era.
0: So to speak. Um, Guys, before we start this podcast, I want to let you know, I've said this a few times in the last couple of recordings, I do want to speak about some of the feedback that you listeners have been giving us. And if you stay down to the end of the podcast, then we'll get to it. So after the review, if you want to hear the feedback we've got or oh, the things i got to say about what you guys have said, stay until the very end and we'll get into that. But let's carry on with our normal scheduled programming. If you missed our last recording, you missed another fan-favorite comedy, 1972 Sleeper. And if you're on YouTube, you can see the picture on the screen and there'll be a YouTube card that'll take you back to that video. A fan favorite you might not want to miss but moving forward we want to let the non-youtube guys know when you guys are listening on the podcast through audio only there's a link in the description if this is your first time all our previous recordings you can find in the playlist i'll put a link to down same thing on youtube we're on stitcher radio whether you're listening on android or ios your favorite podcast app you can find us just put in the hashtag woody and retro and you'll find the recordings you can do that even on google just go to google put in hashtag Woody Allen Retro You can see it on the screen Or I'll leave a note down below You'll find all the recordings And as usual guys We give you this general warning Although we do these movie reviews We don't want to ruin it for you If you haven't seen these movies before We would prefer you watch the movie in question first Then come and listen to our discussion Which is full of our thoughts Our opinions, our dissections We spoil a lot So guys, unless you've already seen the movie And you don't care about spoilers Go watch the movie Then come and check us out but with all that out of the way, Simon, I do want to just reiterate what you said in the beginning. This movie that we're getting to now is kind of an end of an era because Woody Allen has been on a streak of these whimsical slapstick comedy movies, and this is kind of the last one—not the last comedy—but this is the last comedy in the string of comedies that he started with. And with that said, Simon, give us the name of the, the name of the year, the movie, and let's get on with it.
1: Well, Okay, so today we're looking at 1975's *Love and Death*. Which is kind of a a satirical love letter to Russian literature from Woody Allen. It's set in Russia, and him and Diane Keaton star as cousins in the Napoleon era. It's not surprising that Woody Allen's character has deep feelings towards Diane Keaton. And throughout the film, he's trying to win her over in a number of different historical scenarios while dealing with war and marriage. It's up to the viewer to decide which is worse and ultimately a giant assassination plot against Napoleon himself.
0: Let me go first. Looking back on my memory, because again, this is one of the... Well, this is probably the third time I've seen this movie. I haven't seen this movie since I've been watching it now for the last 10 years or so. I remember this movie being one of my favourites. Re-watching it now, I still like it a lot, but uh, in the third act, and we'll get into details later, it kind of loses focus for me, especially with the Napoleon assassination. And I was just, I just felt like it would have been tighter if they kind of just stuck with the idea of, I like this whole Woody Allen, you know, getting drafted into the army to fight Napoleon and all the whimsical stuff while Diane Keaton on the other side is wanting, is getting married off and Diane Keaton, for me, steals this movie on the basis Sure. On the basis that Woody Allen has played the same character again and again, Diane Keaton Keaton gets a lot more screen time in this movie, and her character is so detached. I wouldn't even say she's selfish, she wants love, but she's so detached in so many of the comedic things that happen in this movie that, again, I think that Woody Allen giving her much more of a chance to shine really just makes you fall in love with her as an actress even more in this movie as well
1: oh man i could this is going to be a mirror review from us because uh we're, we're pretty much on the same page what's great about the film that woody allen at this point really matured as a director you were geeking about the font in the previous film like he almost perfected his signature opening style with the music yeah. and the text and the font and as well as his uh, pacing and dialogue and characters and yeah, you can see it. If you watch these movies in a sequence, you can tell he really got better and he really found himself as a director by this point. So the beginning of the movie is great. With all the other films, the movies take time to lure you in and set the mood right. And that's when really the film gets into its element. Here, it's brilliant from the get-go. The dialogue is great. The chemistry is great. You know, Diane Keaton is there from the start. Woody Allen commented many times how Diane Keaton helped him. Realize how he wants to write women, how he learned to write female characters and having her character be such a integral part of the film. It's really a two man show. Yeah. You know, she's just as much of a protagonist as he is. And when they go their separate ways, they have their own individual storylines and keep colliding back with each other and getting into all sorts of different love triangles and the uh, Bantry between the two of them just like in Sleeper is the best part of the movie. They have great chemistry, deliver their lines great. Actual writing is very clever. Because, yeah, he does the same thing again. It's a fish-out-of-water comedy where him and Diane Keaton are basically 70s New Yorkers in Napoleon-era Russia. And everybody else is a stereotype. So everybody else does typical Russian accents. They're the archetypes of the time. So that kind of contrast between... A modern era Woody Allen talking about like is war necessary <laughs> you know my doctor said that death is the worst prescription for me at the moment I <laughs> need to avoid death that's why I can't go to war like everybody else is so happy that something finally fucking happened that Napoleon invaded that they can go to fight that they can't wait to get on the battlefield Woody was the only guy like I you know I'm really not keen you guys have fun I'll stay at home I guess what I'm trying to say is that it could actually be said in modern day. Like this whole, the movie's written so well. And when I say modern day, I mean the 1970s. But the movie's written so well, it, it could have been centered around him going to Vietnam. Really? That's a good point. So it, it's just very solid writing. The jokes are very fluid. I'm trying not to quote the movie too much to so not to spoil any of the lines because sure. I, just, I just think the dialogue's really good. And uh, the comedic segments with him in the army and, uh, you know, getting trained and drafted and all that stuff work really well, as well as Diane Keaton's marriage. But then to wrap it up, like you said, the ending's the same as the last movie. It's killed the big boss, you know, the leader, the emperor, you know, the Napoleon. It's, It's just a goofy assassination plot. And that last half hour, it just feels like a... You know like it's regurgitating to what we saw in the last film and it, it's not that clever the dialogue drops no it's not that funny and it just it feels long so it that's does. where the movie really lost me personally yeah. and that's what keeps this from being a, a one of the greats it's a, it's a very entertaining film it's good but I, I don't know that ending just really 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 lost my attention
0: yeah uh, you said it and let me just go back a little bit and let's get a little bit more to the minutiae now The dialogue in this movie, in previous movies, Woody Allen has got a lot of lines, he's got a lot of lines he's practiced, you know, in his stand-up, when he did it in real life, on his late-night shows or whatever, but the difference between his lines, his one-liners in the other movies and this time, is the dialogue throughout this movie with its ridiculous focus on intellectual philosophy, upper-class sound of vocabulary. And just arguments over semantics between him and Diane Keaton. They'll talk about, oh yes, but the philosophy of this. And they go back and forth. It gets to a ridiculous point. It's on purpose and it is hilarious. And they do that in blocks throughout the movie. And you would think it would get boring or get kind of lame. But the way they do it is so tongue-in-cheek and so over-the-top that there's one scene in particular which is so silly, like... I'm just jumping in randomly there's a part with Woody I don't know. I've never been so happy with Diane Keaton da, 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 da. but then I felt miserable and then you just see a scene where he's hanging himself out of the blue
1: oh yeah, yeah yeah I mean that's that's a tribute to to Russian literature of how you know in those novels you turn a plage and suddenly the protagonist is suicidal yeah. like they're super depressed you know it's it's kind of like a, a joke on that
0: and then right after that scene the, it doesn't even show you because he hangs himself they don't show you how he cuts himself down by the way which is a funny little uh, a, a, a bad edit a purposefully bad edit they just show him writing a poem and the poem he's writing is so stupid and so ridiculous sounding it's not about there's, a, there's this whole thing about wheat as well wheat, wheat, wheat it's a, it's a funny another uh, another nod to the Russian literature which I mentioned but this poem he writes in general is just silly it's retarded. It's dumb, man. This is another homage to like the dialogue, the non whimsicalness Now, I will say, as a negative, but I would say negative against the movie. If you know, if you know Russian literature, you're gonna get these jokes. I don't. I don't at all. But I could see, especially in some of the the, the the directing and a lot of the the things that they were doing physically, I could see it was a nod to the Russian literature. I had to actually research it. I wasn't that interested first time around but this time I wanted to know a lot of the things there's, a, there's even a, a a part of Woody Allen's going back and forth with I don't know one of his uncles and they're actually naming a lot of these books that are Russian I didn't know that but again Woody Allen was inspired to do that based on Russian literature which again I'm sure the European, the Russians love that. They love that homage. Woody Allen, we'll, we'll talk about the director in a minute, Woody Annan went over there, not to Russia. I think he shot most of us in France. Is that right?
1: France and some uh, Eastern European countries. Yeah, yeah, and
0: it's just a testament to show how big his budget was as well. I think this was actually the first time he left America to actually shoot his movie as well. And um, I might as well jump to the direction. The direction, I think, is, is good. It's okay. Uh, he does set piece stuff here like he's done before but I think the most impressive thing he does directly is there's a big war scene which includes cannons and there's a lot of actors on the screen it's shot really well and I'm like wow he put a lot of money to this for a gag I mean in Bananas he tried he did the same thing but here with all the costumes and all the gags it's actually done on a a higher level and I think he did that really well on a whole with the costume design the set design again going back to Sleeper where he put a lot of money and focus into it I think he did that really well, and surprisingly, his attention to detail to do that, the Russian War, or a Russian War type thing, was impressive to me.
1: Uh, I think, actually, I haven't read anything about this, so I can confirm it, but no matter how the movie came about in pre-production, diverting it away from uh, present day at the time, so, you know, maybe setting this in Vietnam or something like that, helped. Probably with these scenes because it was cheaper to use like swords and old fashioned cannons rather than tanks and and you know a modern military setting. So I think setting it in Napoleon era Russia helped that they could do more with the battle scenes. They could have more explosions. Uh, you know, those elements work better for the budget and directing rather than having a big battle with tanks and, uh, you know, airplanes and all that.
0: And on on that battlefield scene, just obviously, I'm all, because I'm a black guy, always, when I see a, a black character, I'm, oh, there's a scene where Woody Allen's being drilled by this black soldier. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> that, that's one of the most random jokes, like, in Russia, out of nowhere comes this black guy from Brooklyn, like, hey, you know, you're nothing you're peanuts
0: yeah straight no. up sir. Da, 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 da. it's really funny give me it's, 20 it's yeah. on the nose and again I, don't, I whenever I see him into a black character in these movies the way he does it, it's always for humour it never seems like Tolkien I, I always have to shout out Woody Allen for doing that and I think it's really fun this is honestly this is one of our shorter discussions because personally there's not much more I can say this is I think we said this off mic this movie takes some of the best things from Bananas and Sleeper with some really good dialogue and infuses it in here and, you know, his homage to Russian literature. But unfortunately, like we both said, that last third act, as soon as it hits at the 52, 53 minute mark, as soon as this Napoleon assassination thing comes in, it just wasn't funny. I mean, it might have been, we've seen this thing before. That's fine. I'm not even going to say that's the reason why it's not good. It just wasn't funny. The way he directed the jokes, there's the scene where him and Dan Keaton are, Dan Keaton's trying to seduce Napoleon and Woody Allen trying to shoot him. It goes on for long. It wasn't really that funny to me. I like the very end, how Woody Allen ends up getting killed, which is really funny. And the whole thing with him and death, there's some really good jokes I'm going to highlight, especially with my line in the movie, which I'll get to in a minute. But that last act really just brought it down from a really great movie to just a really good comedy. So, um, still one of its best. And uh, yeah, but that ending just let me down, especially re-watching it. I was surprised that, ah. Oh, I don't remember the ending being so kind of meh, but that's my feelings on it. It's a good movie still overall, but it just ends on a, a more of a disappointing note. But um, I still like the way he dies and him dance with death at the end. But again, ah, it's it's good. I don't want to don't want to hate this movie too much. It's really good. I just remember it being better. is all.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good thing, and I can definitely understand where he was as a director that he wanted to do something different because. This formula he had for these uh, goofball comedies really start to get tiresome. I mean, that's what drags down the ending that is the same trapping that he always used, especially when you compare it to Sleeper. It plays out quite similar and it actually pushes the second theme of the movie, which is a fear of death to the background. Because uh, that, that's one of the the central themes Woody Young's character has and makes the, the piece personal as well that he he talks about atheism and then what, what does death mean for you if you don't believe in uh, any kind of god or any kind of religion yes
0: religion is a big part actually thank you for mentioning religion is a massive point and actually even though it's comedic some of the philosophical questions they have about religion it's actually serious they take it a bit seriously and another reason why this is a fan favorite is because he injects a serious level of dialogue between his athe- atheism in this movie which i think or they they push it to a point where it becomes very comedic? It actually asks some really interesting questions.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's why I feel like the dialogue is very strong. And, you know, him being so ahead of his time and raising all these questions, you know, infusing that in his films, you know, helps build character, helps make the piece more personal, um, helps make the dialogue more interesting, as well as, you know, just, um, like you said, engaging the audience of really f- thinking about these things. And this is going to be a central theme throughout his later films. And you can tell that because of the age he was reaching while making this, even in real life, this was more the questions about, you know, the end, you know, death become more prevalent for him, just as somebody nearing 40 years old. So injecting that felt natural. It was interesting. It led to some good scenes, Uh, better be some artistic stuff he threw in there. Or some of the good dialogue but then the the goofball ending that that's basically just one big con kind of diverted from that and when it comes back at the end it's just random and it ultimately doesn't really resolve anything they tried to give Napoleon a little bit more character than the leader from the previous film sleeper here they even have a subplot with like a double and Napoleon has some screen oh, yeah. time with that's some dialogue yeah. yeah but but like you said you forgot about it because ultimately the character is not memorable for such a historical icon you know napoleon everybody knows napoleon he's one of the most recognizable figures from human history but they really didn't do much with him the subplot with the double wasn't that interesting and yeah there's nothing compared to the first half of the film it's it's no comparison You know, it's it's just it it just feels almost like a a different movie. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I'm I'm ready to wrap it up on this one because I think at at this point everybody knows what to expect. Everybody knows that they're in for a treat early on, but the ending won't be that strong.
0: Well, to my surprise, the audience scores on Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb are higher than they were on Sleeper, which I'm I don't know if this is like a critic movie. I don't know, man, because there's so much homage to Russian literature and his attention to the details really cool. Just reading the reviews on IMDb and looking at the score on water Tomatoes, they're even higher. This is in the the 80s, 100% on what Tomatoes on IMDb, <laughs> 80s, 90s. I'm like, wow, I mean, it's good, but I don't know, man. I thought Sleep was a little bit better, but I don't know. just.
1: I-, I think he's getting to the point. At this stage, where he can get away, he's established enough to get away with a lot of things. Like he does some dream sequences and some uh, due to the, his character's fear of death, or him, you know, like having visions of talk, having conversations with death, which, which again is a not uh, classic classic Russian literature. But he does these dream sequences and these artistic bits that are straight from like a, a European art film, you know. That would be otherwise criticized for being too vague and uh, abstract and out there, but because he translates it to, to this comedy, you know he gets a bunch of bonus points from critics who are like, oh, this goes above and beyond. It's such masterful, masterfully crafted fine art. It's it's like a, a crying statue in the early morning skies of the first leaves of autumn. While well, I just slip up, I'm like, shut the fuck up, okay? Like I get it. <laughs> uh, I, I get it. You were impressed, and don't get me wrong. Those sequences are good. I'm just saying I can see why some critics would overhype it versus Sleeper yeah. that stays on point with the sci-fi setting. There's more artistic bits here yeah. inserted. And because he learned from his previous movies to how to direct sequences better, they're not as random. They don't feel out of place. They integrate well and they're they're choreographed and directed efficiently
0: yeah well that's what I love having you on Simon because you made that very clear and now I can see the train of thought to why the masses I still think it's the critics that love it more than anyone else yeah
1: Sleeper I I agree with you Sleeper all the way for me as well I take Sleeper over this film
0: well that leads me to my quote of the movie and you know what this quote of the movie actually is one of my favourite quotes in the Woody Allen retrospective period I know that for a fact and it, it's got to do with a running gag between Diane Keaton and Woody Allen. I'ma set this one up a little bit. So after Woody Allen finally gets married to Diane Keaton, which she was kind of reluctant to. I mean, before they even get married, there's a scene where Woody Allen is in a little is in a, a dual gunfight. And then when Woody Allen comes back successfully, she's like, he survived. And she's they're getting married. She's dressed in black while they're getting married. He's <laughs> like a funeral. Beautiful... <laughs> and she's just in a daze. I can't believe it he didn't know so from that point on Woody's always trying to have sex with her there's even one bit where they're in bed Woody Allen puts his arms around and she says not here it's not the right place it's so it's that it's so funny but my quote of the movie again is Woody Allen and Diane Keaton in bed and Woody Allen touches Diane Keaton's character and she said no don't sex without love is an empty experience and Woody goes yes but as far as empty experiences go it's one of the best
1: <laughs> and, and he wasn't lying you know exactly i mean that's, that's just truth <laughs> like, I, I just want to stand up in the end like preach <laughs> that's why
0: i love it because it's give
1: true. him applause yeah
0: obviously a guy's perspective ladies guys you know how we, we're empty when it comes to sex you know that well maybe i can could speak for myself but i love that quote and the delivery is great and just that whole gag of him and dying that like, especially when they don't get along when they're first married and she's doesn't want anything to do with him but then she warms up to him very quickly which is kind of weird but just that bit was was one of my favorite parts of the whole movie so
1: yeah you want to get into i know you want to tackle something you want to get something off of your chest right ...besides that cough.
0: <laughs> well, people won't hear the cough... ...because I've edited that for the most part. <laughs> but guys, actually, before we get into the... ...like I said, we got some podcast feedback... ...I do want to say, this is one of the movies... ...where there's so much attention to the detail... ...that I could not even fathom. I was more than happy... ...to check out the Woody Allen Pages... this guide. I'm always promoting this book... ...because it's so friggin' awesome. Guys, I'm not just saying it because I have to. I bought the book... ...and this movie in particular... The amount of content this this fellow put into this book for this particular movie, the costume designer, actors, all the stuff. Look, guys, if you love Woody Allen, if you love these movies, and you want to know the finer details, this ebook is cheap as hell. If you've got a Kindle, I highly recommend it. I put a link in the description. I want to thank the Woody Allen pages. They always, you know, even shouting us out on Twitter, which I really appreciate. So thank you to the to the team over there and guys, that's it for this actual podcast for this movie, let us know what your thoughts are on this movie in the comments down below let us know, do you like the movie, do you disagree with us what are your thoughts it? we want to hear, all that stuff I just want to put it here, that we're ending the podcast here for this movie because now, we're going to get into the podcast feedback, and I'm glad I did it on this one, because actually this is our shortest review of all the ones we did before hitting around the 22 minute mark or what have you so guys thank you for all the feedback you've given us if you're on YouTube, you know I know there's only a few people that have left comments on our YouTube videos, which is really awesome. But a lot of people like what we do. Now we're more successful on our podcast. If you're listening to this through iTunes or what have you, I've been seeing people getting in more and more people have been searching more. Uh, maybe I will put something on the screen so you can see our podcast. So you know I'm not just making this up. We get more people listen on the podcast on every single release because people, you know, people love podcasts. People like listening. And the feedback I want to say is, first of all, thank you guys on iTunes, Twitter, the William Allen hashtag. People on generally love the podcast. Now, whenever you're doing something creatively, whether you're doing a podcast, a movie, an album, what have you, you're going to get feedback. You're going to get critical feedback. And I'm always open to it, guys. Nobody's perfect. You're not going to please everyone. But I have to say, Simon, man, in particular, I had one experience ...during this podcast... ...sharing it with a certain audience... ...that was extremely negative... ...that I am very disappointed with... ...and um, I'm going to just... ...call them out right now... ...on Facebook... ...there's a group called Woody Allen... ...Movie Fans... ...there's a lot of groups... ...especially now... ...there's, there's groups on Google Plus... ...there's groups on Twitter... ...there's other groups on Facebook... ...this is the only group... ...that really gave us some... ...negative feedback... ...now I'm all up for critical feedback... ...especially on how to improve yourself... But the feedback I got on this ta- this particular case, was so entitled, and so just—it was very upsetting on in a way that I'm very disappointed with. And usually, I wouldn't even bring this up, but I have to say, man, I, there was there was people that enjoyed the podcast, but the people that didn't would say stuff like this: "You wasted my time! I can't believe I wasted my time. Listening to this is his podcast. It was not funny. It wasn't interesting. I didn't learn anything. Who do you think you are?" and <laughs> I found this hilarious because they acted like we owed them something. And whenever I get this kind of feedback, because it's happened before on different reviews we've done, my whole thing is, hey, man, if you didn't like it, tell us what you didn't like and maybe we could work on it. Oh, you wasted my time. You know, what was this? I mean, I could have watched some movies. I'm like, this is the most entitled people I've ever heard of. I don't, owe, We don't owe you anything. We're doing this for free guys let me say this for the record I really held back because at first I was like I applied to those guys directly I said hey guys if you don't like it I do apologise but every time I just oh you know just think about what you're doing next time think about, I'm like who the fuck do you think you are like, for real this is a free podcast and I said to them if you don't like it don't listen I'm not, I don't owe you anything but to get that kind of feedback and the one thing I really like is that Woody Allen himself has touched upon this at some point, I will find the sound clip because he said this. The thing about reviews and people giving their opinions is that you always get people that love it and you always get people that hate it. But people always try to bring you down, whether they like you or not. There's there's people that are just trolls. These people are not being critical. They're just telling me, I, you're wasting my time. We don't owe you anything, guys. We don't. And all I want to say is, if you don't enjoy the podcast, that's fine. But uh, uh, these people did not listen to the podcast, they listened to it, they didn't like it, and they decided to tell me how much they hated it, that's fine, if you don't like it, don't listen, if you've gotten this far, and you've heard me even complain about it, you obviously like it to a point, but the one thing they didn't say, is that it was, uh it sounded bad, they didn't say anything aesthetically, they just didn't like it, so I was happy, I was actually happy with that, they didn't say, oh, you guys sound as shit, or you didn't, they just said that I was bored, if you're bored, that's fine, but we don't owe you anything, and you know what? If you don't like this Woody Allen podcast, make your own. Because, guys, I looked. There was no other. There was no one else doing a Woody Allen podcast out there. And it's sad. Woody Allen deserves a lot more shine from the fans. You know, there's fan page, but it's not an audio podcast. In this day of, you know, people, if you go on YouTube, you see people doing a retrospective of Rodriguez, Spielberg. um, Uh, your favorite director what's the 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 batman director i can't remember his name right now
1: christopher nolan
0: yes christopher nolan (laughs) there's so many people that are dedicated but woody allen he does a movie every year 50 years he doesn't get no love and then when someone's doing something you're just gonna shit on it without constructive criticism that is really disappointing guys so i just i stopped sharing the podcast on there because it was a distraction i just thought you know what if you're gonna hate and you're gonna just fill my head with negativity i'm not going to share it on there anymore some people did say hey don't forget about those guys but the negativity was completely just ridiculous and just really unjustified it wasn't it wasn't critical it wasn't helpful it was just entitled and i really just didn't like that and apart from that guys i don't want to focus on the negative the majority the 80 percent of the feedback has been really good but honestly i'm gonna i'm gonna just tell you guys up front what people are saying on the plus side and what they're going to say on the negative side so you know guys let us know what you think either way but just I'm just going to say this for the record we don't owe you anything we really don't we're doing this for free because we're fans we take time out of our lives to do this if you have crit- critical or constructive criticism that's fine if you're just saying that oh we wasted my time and how dare you or are we didn't learn anything these are the kind of people I really can't fucking stand you know but um that's all. That's my little run over. I just wanted to say that. So I'll let Simon speak on this because I don't even think you knew. I didn't even get into too much details with you about the feedback I got there. Huh?
1: Oh, I, I actually like. Why are you doing your mini run? I went out to get a sandwich. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad you got that little therapy session out of the way and it. You got it off your chest. Uh-uh, for me. Uh, allow me to break character and get real for a bit. I don't care. Like I don't care about you or your opinion. Like, but I'll, 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 I'll end it with a little message because I know where this is coming from. Like, oh, there, there are these people out there who consider themselves. Oh, I'm a Woody Allen buff. I'm a film buff. I got all this information. Look, the jig is up, okay? We live in the Internet age. You ain't smart. You ain't special. You ain't educated. What you do, you go to the Internet, you Google stuff. You got a Wikipedia. That's it. All these guys on YouTube doing all these in-depth retrospectives, try to pretend like they have this abundance of knowledge and everything. You know, you can't ask the question they don't know the answer to. It's all fake. It's all lies. All they do is read you the Wikipedia article (laughs) out loud on mic. That's it. So all these guys try to nitpick like all this trivia of what size shoes did Woody Allen wear in this scene and, you know, how many times did the lighting mess up? during the different takes when they were shooting this part and you know, get the money and run. I'm like, no, just just give it up. Your time is over. You missed your mark. Nobody cares anymore. And if you're like still one of those YouTube buffs who do does in-depth film retrospectives and, you know, historical facts, I'm like, you're one iOS update away from being irrelevant. The moment (laughs) you're, you can ask your phone to read you the damn webpage, page that's it because that's all you are a web reader if people are too lazy to read up on something they go on youtube try to find somebody who's gonna make a video about it the moment you can just ask your phone tell me every single detail about this movie that's it you're done so i ain't impressed he ain't impressed nobody's impressed
0: and nobody cares (laughs) guys uh again i want to thank the Woody Allen subreddit on Reddit. You guys are awesome. Thanks for letting us show your content. People on Twitter, YouTube, the other Facebook pages, Google+. you got some great communities. There's always going to be bad apples or negative nannies or whatever you want to call them. That's fine. But... I'm just letting it out there, guys, and we're not going to do this probably again unless something really critical happens or what have you, but anyway, just want to let that out there, guys, thank you very much for listening to the podcast, again, if you're on YouTube, if you stuck away all this long, you can check out the retrospective, you can see it on the screen, link in the description for all the previous uh, recordings, Simon, thank you for coming and joining me through this whole retrospective right now into the future, Thank you. Nah,
1: you're welcome. And this is where it gets interesting. So, you know, this was just a warm-up. Stick around. It's only going to get better.
0: I'm really looking forward to the Woody Allen retrospective from this point forward. And I'll just tell you guys right now, because I know some of you guys asked, we do focus on the Woody Allen movies that he didn't direct as well. And the next one is one of those movies, the movie called The Front, which is about the Hollywood blacklist, which I am really looking forward to. Guys, we'll see you on the next video. Again, all this in the description. And we'll see you on the next one.
1: Have a good one.